Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. of ministering the word tonight amen so uh, as we know it's it's staying the course but in order to stay the course we have to understand that the call of God in our life how many can say amen because if you don't understand that you have a call of God in your life it's going to be easy for you to throw in the towel maybe you're here tonight maybe you're watching on our live stream and you're at that point where you say man I'm frustrated you know, nothing's working for me, then you really don't understand that God has called you. Amen. And so we're going to look at that today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, the Amplified Bible says, For we are his workmanship, his own master work, at a work of art. Amen. Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, re- renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he had set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just continue to move here tonight, Father, that I would step aside and allow you to flow through me, God. I I pray, my God, that the words that you placed in my heart, that I would be able to communicate them tonight. Let us have good hearts, God. Let your Holy Spirit have its way. God. We come against distractions, God, that would try to take from this word tonight, my God. Let everyone know tonight, God, that they are valuable, God, that you created them, and you not only created them, you called us, my God. And Lord, we're careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And everyone said, amen and amen. But sometimes when we hear the call of God, sometimes we get nervous. We're right away, well, I'm not called to pastor. Amen. Not everybody's called to pastor. Amen. Look at your neighbor, tell him, thank God. Amen. Uh, uh, There's some that call to be pillars in the church. How many could say amen? Amen. And so when we when we start understanding that, man, if I'm going to stay in this race, amen, and if I'm going to stay the course, I have to understand why God created me. Amen. I have to understand that God placed a call on my life. And when we understand that, we're going to be able to say, God, I'm going to continue to follow you. I'm going to continue to serve you. Because sometimes when we hear the call of God, we think right away, they're going to send me out. No. I mean, some of you we're going to send to the nursery. Some we're going to send to the children, some we're going to send to the ushers, the sound, some musicians. That's the call of God. Amen. I wonder how many more singers that we have here that you don't want to sing loud because then they're going to ask you to join the worship team. And if they ask you to join the worship team, then you got to be faithful. And right now you don't want to do that. Amen. But if you don't, if we don't do what God's designed us to do, how many, we can come to church and be miserable. We could come to church and be frustrated, amen? And sometimes we don't understand that. Why am I going to church? Why do I feel frustrated? Because we're not doing what God's called us to do. And and tonight, hopefully, I can break it down for ourselves because too much, uh, we spend so much of our life concerned what we look on the outside. How many can agree with that? 
Right? Some of you did that before you came to church, right? You, you made sure every hair was in place or every hair that you lost. Amen. There's no getting back. But, you know, uh, uh, you made sure, you know, like me, I have to make sure I'm ironed. There ain't nothing wrong with ironing. Amen. And, and, and so for some, you got to make sure you smell good, you know. And, and some, uh, you got to put your makeup on the right way. I'm talking to the men. No, I'm not. I'm just joking. Amen. <laughs> but how many know we, we think a lot of times on the outer appearance, but God is more concerned with what we look like on the inside. Because on the outside, we can come here and say, amen, get in the worship when they play the music, get in the salsa, do whatever. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But that doesn't mean that we're fulfilling the call of God in our life. That means we're just coming to church. And how many know God just didn't call us to come to church? He just didn't save us to say, hey, now go to church. Now you're not on drugs. Now you're not like this no more. Now you got, you're thinking, okay, now just stay in church and sit down. No, he created us, amen, that we can go out and reach others. The call of God. And how many know every one of us can reach somebody, whether it's at your work, the laundromat, the coffee shop, the burger place, the burrito place, the market, wherever you're at, you can reach somebody. Well, see, some are getting mad because you don't want to hear that. Amen. See, God wants us to have a godly heart because he knows who we are on the inside is way more important than who we are on the outside. But if we read in the New Testament, John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And then he says, I come that they may have life and have it abundantly some passages say more abundantly and so it's saying here we know we're called when we first get saved they say hey, god's going to use you and we're excited am i right when they all right amen what god wants to use me nobody ever wanted me now we got a, a whole opportunity where, where where we start hearing the word of god and say everything that god has is ours because we're sons and daughters for some of us it's hard to believe that god would trust everything that is his and give it to us and some of us can't understand that. And so the, the John 10, 10 says the thief will try to come. It says he comes to steal. Steal what? Steal the call of God in your life. You know what? Don't answer the call no more. You're doing okay. Just come to church. Look at you're paying your tithes. Look at you're showing up for every event. It's more than that. Amen. It's, it's we're doing what God specifically designed us for. So the enemy will always try to beat us down. He'll try to steal your joy. How many was it a burden to come to church today? You didn't have a joy. You're like, man, I got to go to church again. I don't really feel like going. The only reason I'm going is because they have me ushering or they have me working in the kids or, man, I have to go because I'm in leadership. I mean, that's not the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, like, man, I can't wait to get to church, amen. I, I can't wait to just go there and, and, and see the new people, talk to the new people, the joy of the Lord, amen. And, and, but also the enemy comes to destroy our hope of a better future. Because all of us want better. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here. Amen. But the enemy comes in sometimes. And when we make our mistakes, he looks and says, see, you're never going to amount to anything. And so some of us in pursuing the call of God, we give up. You know, you come into our programs and you say, man, this program ain't working for me. And I'm going to go to a different program. And it's already like the 10th program you've been in. And, and it's not the program. It's you. Right? Come on, somebody. Now you're getting mad, huh? <laughs> but then the Bible goes on and it says that Jesus came to change all that. It says he came to give us life and give us life abundantly. And that word abundant is a great word because it means plentiful. 
When you just look it up in a regular dictionary, it gives us a bunch of words. It says plentiful. It says copious. Amen. That means large in quantity. For some of you, like, what? Copious? Like, yeah, we're learning something tonight. Amen. It says ample. It says profuse. It says rich. It says lavish, abounding, liberal, generous, bountiful, large, huge, great, and overflowing. So it says when we get saved, the enemy's going to try to rob us, but God wants us to have more than enough. God wants us to have an overflow. When we pursue the call of God, how many of you know we have an overflow? Amen. We ain't got to go look to see, oh, I got to meet my needs. No, follow the call of God and God will meet our needs because he's, he's given us abundantly things. Amen. But a lot of times we don't understand that. Let me ask us a question. When it says God come to give us life abundantly, is that how you would describe your life today? I'm living in abundantly. I got everything I need. Or did you come here saying, man, I, I still, I'm, man, I got all these problems. I got all this worry. I got all this stress. And, and that's the enemy trying to rob you from your joy, from your peace. Amen. How many know the Bible says that he gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding? So if God created us for a purpose and Jesus came to give us an abundant life, then that says we as wise, as wise stewards should be careful how we live. So when he comes back, we can gladly show him, hey, I've been faithful to what you have given me. Are you faithful with, God, with, with what God entrusted you with? Think about that. Or are you always complaining? Why me, God? I mean, if you complain, you're going to give up in, in, in this race. You're not going to be able to stay the course, amen, because you're always complaining. And, well, look at him, or I don't like the way he preaches. Or who put, if I knew he was up, I wouldn't have came today, you know. And always complaining about everything instead of being grateful. Man, God set us free. How many can say amen? And for some of us, he had to work overtime, right? He had to orchestrate different areas and put people in your life. It wasn't your probation officer. It was the Holy Spirit working behind the scenes to get you where you needed to be today. Amen. But you would think, oh, it's everybody. They set me up. No, the Holy Spirit set you up because God's got a call on your life. And there's something that only you can do. See, Paul says that in Ephesians, the scripture we just read, amen, so you were created for a purpose. I got four points here. Number one, your life is not an accident. Your parents may have told you that. You're an accident, right? You're no good. You're not mine, right? Hello, somebody, let's be real. You're not my kid. You look just like him. You know, what do you mean? You know, but sometimes, I mean... Parents say some cruel stuff. Maybe you're here and, and, and you feel like you're an accident. You're not an accident here, amen? Before you were even born, amen, he was thinking about you, amen? That means that you're important. That means that you are valuable to him, amen? And if you can understand that, you're gonna, it's going to help you accept the call of God. But if you're stuck and you don't understand that, you're going to be in survival mode. I'm just trying to get by. I mean, he didn't die and, and raise, uh, raise on the third day for we can just get by. He's given us victory. He's given us authority. He's given us power. He's given us dominion. But a lot of times we look at ourselves and we say, God, you made a mistake when you picked me. It must have been for the person next to me. And God says, no, it's you. But you're like, but I'm all messed. He goes, I know you're all messed up. That's why I picked you. 
You know, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and had approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Isaiah was here and he's telling the children because, again, if you read the story of what was taking place, they would always do good. They would rebel. And then the prophets broke here. God, you're going to have to go through the God is going to get you back. And they were going through because how many know we reap what we sow? If you sowed bad decisions your whole life, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get bad results. And so that's what they did. And so Jeremiah was encouraging them coming to the place where he says, hey, God still got you. You're going through this because your actions, but the promises of God are still there for you. And after the 70 years of me dealing with all you people, guess what? I'm going to come in and the promises I gave you way back then are still good for today. That's why he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. Tell your neighbor, you're an instrument for God. You're an instrument, whether you realize that or not. And how many know when you got an instrument, you got to take care of it, right? You got to make sure you clean it. If it's a trumpet, if it's a, a wind instrument, you got to make sure you clean it because you blow all the air and you get all the babas. So you got to clean everything out. You got to shine it. And somebody dent it up. It's like, man, what are you doing? You know, somebody's getting the flesh. But how many know we're God's instruments? How many know we got to take care of our body? we got to take care of our body. And he says, I appointed you of the prophet. Amen. And then in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But sometimes because we don't understand God's plans, we think it's a disaster. God, why am I going to let go the comfort that I only know to trust you? That's a disaster. And we think like that because we think with a logical mind instead of saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step into the supernatural. Amen. And so do you believe that, that God created for, for you to have a good life and a good future? Do you believe that God has a plan with what he's doing in your life right now? Some of you are probably in the valley. Those watching are probably like, man, I don't know what's going on. But do you believe that God has a plan with you? In Romans eleven twenty nine, it says, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Because I, I don't know, when I first got saved, I used to tell the Lord, take this call of God from me. I don't want it. Or am I, you guys looking at me like I'm the only one that does that. Cut it out, man. When it gets tough, when you start making so many mistakes and you don't understand the grace and the mercy of God, God, I'm always going to mess up. Just take this from me. I don't want it. I just wanted to get saved. I just wanted to get off dope. I just wanted to raise my kids in church. And that's it. That's how I got saved. I was tired. We were going to get a divorce our first year of marriage. And I went to church. I had a praying mom. Amen. But I didn't want to do this. Been doing this now 40 years. Amen. In 1987, we went out and pioneered a church. Amen. In 89, we went and we took over a church. Amen. So, so I've been doing this for a while, but through the process, it's still the same thing. Like, God, what, what else do you want? Because it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. The enemy would use this to say you're a mistake. Maybe you're here and you've been thinking like that lately because everything you try to do right it seems to do wrong. Paul, Paul dealt with that. He says, man, when I want to do good, I seem to do bad. I'm going to know that's real talk. Yeah. Amen. Man, God, I, I want you, God, 
But my flesh is stronger and my flesh tells me what to do instead of my spirit telling my flesh what to do. Then that means you got to spend more time with him. That way you can get a stronger spirit. But guess what? If you, even if you're praying and you're reading, when you get up, you still have to make the right choice. And that's what we don't understand. Our choices. You are today where you're at because the choices you made yesterday. If you don't like where you're at today, change your choices. Some of us keep making the same choices over and over and think that it's going to be different. It's not. Keep getting that same relationship with that, that one person that's always, man, you know, they tear you up. And, and, and you're so used to being abused in relationships, you keep finding people like that. Free 99 stuff, amen, not in my notes. See, when we got saved, we had a blood transfusion through the Holy Spirit. How many could say amen? How many know we have his DNA? When we said, Lord, come into my life, all of a sudden, amen, there was a, a blood transfusion. Now the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has come into us. So that means that now we have his DNA. You are no longer an accident. You are no longer a person that's always messing up. You are no longer a drug addict. You are no longer dysfunctional. You are a child of God. You are sons and daughters, amen. You have authority. God has given you authority. Authority, but the question is, do you believe that he chose you? Too many of us believe we're an accident. I'm here and look at my marriage and God, I don't know what's going on, God. And, and man, uh, uh, this, this ain't working out. And, and well, if it's not working out, make it work. Make it work. Oh, no, I'm just tired of putting up with it. You're tired of changing, right? That's what you're saying. Amen. You're a child of God. But yet also in Luke 10, 19, he says, I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will in any way harm you. See, he says he's given us authority that we possess now. But then he says, and the ability to exercise that authority. But the question is, are we exercising that authority? God says you got power. You, I mean, you don't have to be in bondage no more. You got power. But are you exercising that authority? When your flesh says, I want this, no, exercise the authority. Christ died on Calvary. He rose again to give me power. Amen. And then the, you go to his word where it says nothing will harm you. You know who's the only one that really can harm us is ourselves. When you don't exercise authority, when we don't use what God has given us, we're easy prey for the enemy. Amen. He's not only created us, but he's given us everything we need to fulfill the call of God on our life. See, God calls us not because we are capable of fulfilling the call, but because he is capable of fulfilling the call through us. He says, I created you, but you can't do this on your own. You do it on your own. You're never going to make it. You know, he goes, I have to be in you. You have to give me the freedom in your life, amen, to fulfill the call. Number two, the enemy will tempt you with the counterfeit calling. How many of you know what counterfeit is? Some of you just look down at your shoes. No, I'm just joking, amen. <laughs> counterfeit. It appears real, but is a false and misleading picture. 
You know, you go, you go to the alleys because you want counterfeit, right? Then you act like it's real. That's not real. You know that, man. But then when we get counterfeit, we, we act like it's real. Sometimes we do that with God's call. We come to church, we lift our hands, we pay our tithes. God, I'm doing everything in my power. But no, you're not. You're just, it's just a counterfeit call. You're, you're making it look like on the outside. Let me give you an example. Maybe there's a job. They offer you good money. And then you say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And then you take that job and it takes you away from church. You got to ask yourself the question, is that really God? Or is that a counterfeit? call because then you justify it by well I make all this money then I can start tithing even more you're not even tithing right now how are you going to start tithing more when you get more money but logic starts you oh yeah but then I can have this I can do that then I can bless the church no remember God will never give you anything that will pull you away from him never man when uh, I used to make good money I got offers to make even better money when I went into full full-time ministry for a handshake I was making $27 an hour. That was in 1987. I had 25 years experience in printing, flexographic printing. I got a handshake. They said, if you're called of God, it's going to work out. We didn't get a check. We got a handshake. I had three little kids. My kids would look at a magazine when we were pioneering and see hamburger, and they would lick it. Dad, I want this. And I would sit there like, God, is this what it's called to be? But I learned more faith in those times. I've been more places in those times than when I had, uh, when I was making good money. How I many you know when you follow the call of God, God will always give you what you need when you need it? See, a counterfeit call satisfies for a time, but you'll always have a feeling that there's something missing. Oh, there's something missing. It's because you're not pursuing what God created you to be. You may be using your talents and your gifts. You may even be fulfilling personal uh, aspirations, but it's not God's highest call for your life. When you got saved, God, do whatever. Yes, God, I'll take that city. Then you find out that, man, it's hard. Oh, God, I, just, I love you. I'm just going to be a pillar now. Then you find out it's hard. Oh, God, I'm just going to watch on live stream now. What happened? The counterfeit call of God. Number three. Let's go to number three. You can't do it on your own strength. How many understand that? How many can raise their hand? Well, don't raise your hand. One, no. Because pretty much all of us have done this. Try to do it on our own strength. Right? We get good at doing what we do. Then oh, I don't need to pray. I just go over here and do this. You know, when preachers, and when sometimes you get so good, you don't pray. Let me just go preach. I can do this. Singers, you know how to sing. I just do that. I, won't even, I don't even know how to pray. You know? uh, uh, and, and so what can happen is we do it on our own strength. How many know what we do on our own strength will not last? No lasting results. But when we do it in the spirit, how many know there's lasting results there because God is in it? How many know Moses, the story of Moses? Moses' mom knew he was called. When they were killing babies, what did she do? Put them in the river. She trusted the Lord for his life. Mom, if you're praying for your kids, just hand them over to the Lord and let God take care of it. Well, she, she did it at the worst times. Put them in the river when they were killing babies. Right? You said, that's, that's dumb. No. She understood that God was going to take care of him. And then she left them there. If you're praying for your kids, leave them there. Just keep praying for them. You can't keep going in and out. Oh, I can, No, leave them alone. Leave them in God's hands. And then Moses grew up what, in Pharaoh's house. 
He knew he was called. Remember, he tried there. They, he found out that one of the Egyptians was messing uh, with the, the Israel army. Then he killed them. He did that in the flesh. What did he do? He went to the backside of the desert. Forty years. And then he had a burning bush experience. Now what happened? Now he's, he's not doing it in his own strength. He's doing it through the Spirit. And then God told him, go. And then what did he say? Well, I can't speak. Started making excuses. He could speak. He had the best education in Pharaoh's house. He was just, what he meant is, I, I don't want to do nothing. No, I don't want to say nothing, do anything in the flesh no more. I mean, no, that's the way we got to be. Amen? Uh, we got to understand we can't do it on our own strength. Amen? Rarely will God call us to do something that you are not capable of doing alone. God wants us to know that you can do it because of his power and his grace. John 20, 21 and 22, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit strengthens us. When, when we function in the Spirit, everything goes better. How many could say amen? And because when you function in the flesh, you're gonna, you're, you'll have results, but they won't be lasting. Amen? And then at the same time, you can be in church and you're going to be frustrated because you're doing it in the flesh. You may smile. You may hold the Bible. You may read, but everything is done in the flesh. You're not going to get very far, amen. You're, you're not going to finish the course, amen. You're going to give up somewhere in between. See, God calls the weak so that his strength may be known through us. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, he says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I mean, this is an excellent. What do you mean? It means that when we're all messed up in our weakness, that's when he's the strongest. Amen. That's good news for us. Amen. That gives us hope. Amen. Some of you came in here weak, ready to give in the towel. But the Lord says in that condition, you're going to feel my power because my power is made perfect. That word perfect. But do you see it like that? See, God's power was made to perfect your weakness so that your weakness could only glorify him. How many know our strength is found in Christ? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What's he saying there? He says, when I'm connected to the Lord, I can do what God's called me to do. He's given me a call. When they told me I, I would pass, I said, they're crazy. They're crazy. I, I didn't even graduate. I don't have an education. I dropped out of school. You know, man, I, I don't know how to read. I, I didn't, my mind was so fried, PCP, acid. I mean, those that were back in my era, you, you understand what I'm saying, you know. So I, I couldn't think. Nothing. I would stutter. So, I'll, God, you're not going to. No, I don't want none of this stuff. But then when I started connecting with God, all of a sudden, my mind, I started doing everything on my part. My mind started renewing. And then I, I, they were challenging me, read this book. I don't want to read that book. You know, I, I had to start stretching, but Christ gave me the strength to understand now. Amen. Because some people don't like to read no more. Amen. But that's where you get, you know, reading is important. Not only the Bible, but also books. I tell preachers, God, God gives us the bone. It's up to us to put meat on it to the hearers to make sure we minister to everybody. Amen. So we have to understand that through Christ, our strength is found in them. There is no other source that gives man the strength to overcome the world with his trials and temptations. The Bible says in James 4, 7, the Bible says that our strength is related to surrender. See, that's why we don't, we don't have a lot of strength. What do you mean? James 4, 7, submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know the definition of submit? 
is yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. So he's saying here, if we want to have a victory over the enemy, submit to God first. And what, what is submitting? Surrender. Look at your neighbor town. you got to surrender. Tell them you want to get out where you're at? Surrender. See, they don't even want to look at you now, huh? <laughs> See, when I read this, I said, wow, submit means surrender. Because a lot of us like to, oh, devil, you ain't got no authority over me, man. And you claim that part, but you're not submitting. That's why you're still in bondage. That's why you're still lusting. That's why you're still doing all these things that you're not supposed to do because you got the resist right, but you don't have the submitting. Surrender. God knows we got issues, and he can't work with them unless we what? Surrender. When we surrender, our hands are up, and we're giving the Holy Spirit permission to do whatever you want to do in my life. So I'm going to submit to you by surrendering my life to you so I can fulfill the call of God. And then when I do that, when the enemy comes in, I'm going to resist the devil, and he's going to flee from me. Why? Because I, given, I have his authority. Why? Because I surrendered to him. We, are, we align ourselves with the strength of God through our total submission to him. Then we are able to withstand the wiles of the evil one. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11 say, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Psalms 85, 84, 5 in the Living Bible. Happy are those who are strong in the Lord who want above all else to follow your steps. See, we get strengthened when we connect with him, amen? It doesn't matter how tired we are, spend time in his presence. When we do that, then all of a sudden, we're going to be refreshed, amen? Uh, As believers, we are strengthened, uh, I put a couple of things here, by his grace. How many know his grace strengthens us? Well, what do you mean? His grace and mercy doesn't bring condemnation to us. But it brings liberty. Yeah, I know you messed up. But in my grace and my mercy, I'm giving you the opportunity to use what I've given you so you don't have to mess up no more. I mean, no, that's grace. Hebrews 13, 9 says, so do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your spiritual strength comes as a gift from God, not from ceremonial rules about eating certain foods, a method which, by the way, hasn't helped those who have tried. Because back then they said, you got to eat this, you got to eat that in order to get this power. And you say, no, just it's the grace of God. Amen. It's a gift. And we can't understand that because we're like, God, but I messed up so bad. And he said, that doesn't matter. My son die because he knew you were going to mess up and not only did he know you were going to mess up he knows that through your process of of understanding mercy and grace that you're going to get it right amen look at your neighbor and tell him you're going to get it right amen so as believers we are strengthened by his grace uh, by as believers we're, we're strengthened by the time spent in prayer how many know if, if you're not praying you're not going to have any power you're not you're just going to have words no power it's like holding a gun with no bullets, you know. Don't move, I'll shoot you. <laughs> By our time spent in prayer, Luke 18, 1, it says, Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. Amen. So when we understand uh, the power that we have, amen, we're, we're going to spend time in prayer because we're going to know that's where our power comes from. It's almost like the electric cars. They only go so far, then they got to plug in somewhere, right? 
They got to plug in. And, and why? Because they're getting more power. I mean, if we're not plugged in, you're not going to have no power. You're just going to have words. And, and so if, we have, if we're not plugged in in prayer, then what we're not doing is we're not submitting or surrendering. Amen. So we're not going to be able to resist the enemy. Another thing that we have is, is by the promise that God will reward our efforts. Amen. But when we go forward and we stay the course, how many know God's going to reward us? Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give up. What's the proper time? I don't know. Only he knows. Just keep going forward. Amen. Many, many, many of us, we grow weary and faint. But Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let me ask you a question. What is God calling you to do? Are, are you letting your weakness limit how God wants to use you? Oh, but you don't understand. I'm a single parent and it's difficult. It doesn't matter. Amen. He still has that call of God on your life. And when you understand that, you're going to say, all my weaknesses, everything, I put them aside, God, and I'm going to let you build me to where I'm at. When I got saved, I didn't know what a father was. I was when, when I had my three kids, 21, I had my three kids already. And I, my mind, I wasn't saved. I would say, man, I can't wait. When they get this old, I'll be able to go to the bar and drink with them. That was my mentality until I got saved. You know, and I don't know how to be a father. You see it with my kids. My first one, now we're close because now we're spending more time. But when I first got saved, we weren't that close. My daughter, okay, so-so. My youngest son, we were close because through the process, I learned how to be a dad. Amen. So if you don't know how to be a parent, amen, just stay the course and, and continue to read the word of God and see how God will be able to make you into that man of God, that woman of God, as long as you don't give up. How many can say amen? amen? And my last point is obedience will cost you, but the reward is priceless. How many know there's a price to pay? When you're serving the Lord, there is a price to pay, whether you're preaching or not. Some say, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to pay the price. Well, you got to pay a price anyways. So you're going to pay a price. You might as well use it. It's like when you go buy something. Well, let me go. I bought this expensive car, but I just have it in my garage. I don't want to use it because I, I spend too much money. That's foolish, right? But some of us do that with the call of God. God's placed the call in our life. He's given us everything we need, all the power, all the authority, but we don't want to be obedient because it's going to cost us something. We're so used to going into a store and going to the clearance rack. Well, let me go see what's on sale. When he died in Calvary, it wasn't a clearance rack. It wasn't half price. He paid full price for our life, amen? But sometimes we don't want to do that. See, we can take the easy road, the road of comfort or indecision, and delay the fulfillment of God's call on our life. Or you can say, God, I'm going to be sold out. I'm going to pay whatever price you want me to pay. Sometimes we get saved and we all of a sudden, oh, I don't want to do that no more. In the world, you paid all kinds of price. You did time for what you did. Paid a price. You ripped off people. You paid a price. But now we get saved and God, it's too hard. The world was hard. God says, man, I've called you. But sometimes we don't understand the reward, so we say it's too hard. We, we don't know God for who he really is, because then we start saying, well, if I let go of this, what am I going to have? That's just saying we really don't understand who God is. See, when we trust God, it's going to be easy to let go. Let me let go of God. I, yeah, I got to pay a price. 
You call me to preach, so now I got to cut down TV. You, you call me to, 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 to be an evangelist, so everywhere I go, I'm going to be witnessing to people. You know, you're, you're paying a price. Oh, I got to fast. Well, some of you look like if, like if I cussed at you. Oh, you said the, the four-letter word. Some of you say, I fast. I go to fast foods all the time. I mean, no, that's not the type of fasting we're talking about. We're talking about putting away food and saying, God, I, I'm, I'm stuck in this, God. When it comes to paying a price, I give up easy, God. I'm going to fast. I'm going I'm to put things aside. That way, God, I can get a breakthrough here. When's the last time you fasted for your circumstance, for your marriage, for your children, for your job, for your circumstance? When's the last time you fasted, paid a price? For some, some people, man, they, they try to fast, and after the second hour, they're like, oh, my God, I got a headache. I need to eat something. No, your body can go without food, man, seven days and even more. But we're conditioned to not pay a price. Amen. Obedience is not about performing to a standard or following a set of rules. It's about aligning your life to the person of the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? It means dealing with issues of sin in our life. It means dealing with attitudes that get us from going away from God. Because we all got issues. You hear me say this all the time. When you get home, look in the mirror, say it real slow. It's you. You know, we got issues. As long as we're in this body, we're going to have issues because the flesh is fighting the spirit. That's why we got to go to God. So when we pay a price, it means getting out of the comfort zone to follow God's plan day by day. It means being available to God. Are you still available to God? I listened to Pastor Ruben's message uh, uh, Monday, because I was out preaching Sunday, and man, I was like, man, he's fired up. He's trying to tell the church, man, get up, pursue what God has called you to do. And he even said it, get up, get up, get up. And then what he said, only the women are clapping. Where are the men that are taking their place? Our church is ready to... Go to a whole other level, but we need new people, new leaders, new positions. But that only comes when you say, God, I'm going to follow the call of God on my life. And if we never do that, you're never going to fulfill what God's called you to do. And sometimes we're, we're, we're okay with that. I don't want that no more. I just want to come to church and because, man, the, the opposite sex is cleaned up now and they're looking good. So I just want to hook up. You'd be surprised why people come to church. You'd be surprised. You think nobody knows what you're doing. We know what you're doing. But it's God's job to deal with you, not ours. The Holy Spirit, you know, sick them, sick them, you know, because we need you. We need you to step up. We need you to say, God, I'm going to answer the call of God, and I'm going to pay whatever price I have to pay. If it's letting go certain relationships, I'm going to let it go. If it's letting go certain things, I'm going to let them go, God. I'm just going to follow you, God, because I want to be in the cutting edge, God. I want to add value to my church. As everyone stands here tonight, I don't know where you're at, but... I know God's love, man, is there for us. The rewards. It says that in Hebrews eleven six, 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder 
of those who diligently seek him. What rewards do we have? The love of God. It's, the love of God is beyond our ability to understand. But in Ephesians 3.19, he says, And that you may come to know practically through ex- your personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled throughout your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of, pre- uh, of God's presence in your life, completely filled and flooded with God himself. So you say, when we connect with him, We're going to know his love in a different way because the only love we know when we get saved is the love that burned us, the love that abused us, the love that did us wrong. God's love will never burn us, will never hurt us, will never do us wrong. Amen. Another reward, the peace of God. I mean, uh, Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that that peace which stands guard over our hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. But here in the Amplified Bible, I like what it says. It says, which stand guards over your heart and minds. When we have the peace of God that surpasses, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It's going to guard your mind from thinking, God, you did me wrong. It's going to guard your heart from saying, I'm tired. I want to give up. That's the peace. That's the reward of of paying the price. And the last one, his joy. His joy is beyond our ability to put into words. 1 Peter 1.8, the Amplified. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not even see him now, you believe and trust him. And in you greatly rejoice and delight with inexpressible and glorious joy. You know, when we serve the Lord, he gives us a joy, man. Yeah, things may be going bad. Things happen to us. But we got that peace that surpasses all understanding. A lot of times people give up right when their breakthrough is going to come. I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe those watching, maybe you don't know the Lord. I'm going to give you the opportunity. If you're here and you say, you know what, I don't know the Lord.